Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. A Madden Monday after the second weekend of the NFL playoffs. Tim Benz, Mark Madden, brought to you by Bet Rivers and BetRivers.com. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. If you did that to bet on the NFL playoffs, boy, you had some anxious moments, didn't you? I know I did. Two underdogs covered. One of them I got right in the... Cincinnati Bengals covering against the Tennessee Titans and beating the Tennessee Titans. That's a game that I called straight up and against the spread. Also, thanks to overtime, the Chiefs managed to cover against the Buffalo Bills and win straight up as well in one of the greatest games that I've ever seen, period. The other games in between, the Rams getting a victory against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That one I swung and missed on, as I did Packers and Niners. The underdogs getting victories there, let alone covering Mark Madden joins us. You can listen to him Monday through Friday on 105.9 The X. You can read him with me at Trib Live as well. Mark, your biggest takeaway from that weekend of NFL action was what? Well, the biggest thing I see is it's a changing of the guard at quarterback. You got uh, Brady out at the divisional round. You got Rodgers and Roethlisberger one and done. You got Joe Burrow. You got Mahomes moving on. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is only 30. Uh, the only quarterback of, of above 30 uh, still alive in the playoffs is uh, Matthew Stafford. He's never been in the playoffs. So he seems like a kid from the typical NFL vantage point from the average fan. So I think that's a welcome change. Uh, I'm tired of those old bastards at quarterback just, just cluttering things up and staying around forever. And, you know, Ben's retiring. I think that's good. Maybe we can get rid of Rodgers and Brady sooner, not later, although somehow I doubt it. I heard some of the scuttlebutt that they were talking about in the national broadcast surrounding Brady and this maybe being it for him. Uh, I'm not ready to buy that just yet unless something more comes out post-game from him. Well, no, no he's like Rodgers, Tim. He just wants people to talk about him constantly. And that's getting sick, too. That's why I want to move on from these old guys. And Rodgers, he's not going out like that. He's not going out, I think, at this point, Mark, without going to a new team at some point. That just seems to be his desired destination, to do what Brady did, to do what Manning did, go somewhere else at the end of his career and do it in a second place. Yeah, good. Uh, Maybe he can choke in the playoffs someplace else repeatedly. I mean, you got to look at this guy's playoff record to see what he really is. One in four in AFC championship games, excuse me, NFC championship games. Uh, one and done this year. He wouldn't even have his one lousy Super Bowl ring for Shard Mendenhall. 
and fumbled when the Steelers lost to the Packers very early in Rodgers' career. Uh, I think he's all hat and no cattle. I think he's a big mouth. I think he got immunized against winning big games. I just don't have respect for the guy. Well, is that it, Mark? I think he's one of the worst people on earth, for one thing. And I just, I just, I mean, you look at that game, and I know Green Bay's special teams blew it, but the fact of the matter is, Rodgers' offense got only 10 points. They were favored by five and a half. They were at home. They were the top seed coming off a bye, and he got beat by Jimmy Garoppolo for the second time in three years. Well, is that it, Mark, what you said? You just dislike him so much that it is maybe even affecting how you view him as a quarterback? Because I can't get away from the special teams being the biggest reason why they lost that game. I expected I can't, more... get, I can't get over him getting just 10 points. I expected more from Rodgers, too, but I still think that's on the special teams, which was a farce. I mean, they shouldn't have given up a block punt, and there should have been at least three more points in those weather conditions if the field goal kicker doesn't get one of his block, too. If Aaron Rodgers plays like Aaron Rodgers is supposed to, those are mere footnotes in this game. Again, Tim, he only scored 10 points. He got beat by Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs for the second time in three years. So to your larger argument then, is that also part of the reason why you don't want to see the Steelers go down the path of looking at a Carr, Wilson, or Rodgers in free agency? Oh, no, I want them to get Rodgers. I'd torture that guy for his entire tenure here. It would be what is best for business for you then, right? Yeah, but I don't think it would be best for the Steelers. I mean, we I hate talking about this because it's just fantasy land. There's no intent to bring Rodgers to Pittsburgh, and I don't know why he'd come even if there were. But, you know, he'd wreck their cap, he'd drain their draft picks in the deal. It's just, it's, it's dumb. I think it's only $27 million if he comes here, not 46 like it is for the, cap, for the uh, Packers. And I don't know how many draft picks it would take to get him at this point if he's so desperate to get out. Let's say you could get him for a first and third, which would be a bargain price, right? Yeah. I still don't want the guy. You, you wouldn't win the division. You're not going to beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati's here to stay. You wouldn't make the playoffs. You might win a playoff game, but you wouldn't win a Super Bowl. At the end of the day, you'd win more, but you wouldn't win enough. For them, though, with their stated goal of always just wanting to be in it at the end of seasons and have meaningful games in December and January, is that not what they're looking for, though, as opposed to rolling the dice with Rudolph and then seeing what happens after next year? I have no idea what they're looking for. To the point, I don't care what they're looking for. (laughs) I just know what I would do, and it would be not hamstringing my franchise's future to take a pie-in-the-sky quasi-shot with some washed-up old bastard who just scored 10 points in a playoff game at home as the number one seed after a bye and lost to Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs for the second time in three years. What about the Garoppolo talk? Well, I can't believe San Francisco wants to run him off. I know they got Trey Lance. He was the third pick overall. But Garoppolo's record, I don't have it right in front of me, but he's like 37-16, and 16, a San Francisco starter. He got him to one Super Bowl a couple years ago. He's got him in the conference championship game this year. Why would you want to run that guy off? I just don't get it. I don't know if it's because they don't trust him injury-wise because he's hurt too often, but then I guess you do have Lance on a rookie deal, so you can have the comfort of him being there if you need to replace him. Um, I don't know, Mark. I I can't speak to their agenda with him. I just wouldn't be all that thrilled about him coming to Pittsburgh. I don't think he makes them – I know what you think about Rodgers. I think Rodgers, Carl Wilson make them better than what Jimmy Garoppolo would if they're going to go around. I would would hope so given the price tag and the pedigree – but uh, 
put, put it this way. If you got Jimmy Garoppolo and Rodgers, with Garoppolo as the backup, then Rodgers couldn't lose to Garoppolo, <laughs> which would be at the very least a nice change for him. Uh, what do you think about the, uh, well, at least we know the NFC. What about that half of the Super Bowl? Which California team wins there, do you think? I think LA is the better team. I'm rooting for San Francisco because I like Garoppolo. See, Tim, we've just, I'm writing a column for the Trib about this even as we speak, all right? We've lost track that winning is by far the most important thing. And Garoppolo wins. It's not always his doing. But, you know, when Ben won Super Bowl XL, he didn't have a good game, but he won. I'd rather the guy who wins. We just, I mean, between fantasy stats and, you know, wearing a jersey with somebody else's name and number on it and rooting for players and not teams, fans have lost the plot. Winning is the only thing that matters, and ultimately, it's the only thing that's remembered. Not the only thing that's remembered. It's what's remembered most. So I'm rooting for San Francisco. I'm rooting for Garoppolo. Plus, he dated a porn star, which means he has guts in a high-pressure situation. I think the porn star has a daughter who's like a fitness model or something. Kira Mia is the name of the porn star. I think her daughter's like an Instagram influencer or fitness model or something like that. I don't know. I mean, what's that have to do with Garoppolo? That's a little weird thing to bring up, Tim. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, no, I was just wondering if he's going to do the Sam Malone mother-daughter switch. That's all. And now you're giving dated sitcom references. <laughs> Boy, this podcast has gone to hell. It's right off the rails. <laughs> L- listen, what you said earlier, I think, is something that needs to be investigated about the Steelers, uh, what they're thinking and how they're approaching this quarterback situation. Because I don't know what our Tim, we Tim, we all know how they're approaching the quarterback situation. Don't be one of those guys who panders. Mason Rudolph is going to start, period. Mark, I don't think that's pandering because I think people want to accept it because that's what the team is selling. I don't think it's pandering. I I know what I saw on Twitter last night. It was nothing but, I hate Aaron Rodgers because he didn't get vaccinated and he lost to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think it's pandering to say go out and get a guy because I already think that the masses, they want to see Mason Rudolph at this point because they want to think, what the team is thinking. They want to buy what the organization is going to eventually sell them, and they're preparing themselves for it. Who wants to see Mason Rudolph? The fans? Uh, you tell me. I mean, what are you getting? Are you getting no, much more? No, you- the fans are out there in fantasy land hoping for Aaron Rodgers. And you know what part of it is? Because a lot of them are no-brain, anti-vax rednecks, just like him, who want to see one of their own. It's, it, it's, like, it, it's like wanting Trump back in office. Well, what about the draft angle? Like, would they be aggressive to go up and get a first-rounder, or if not, why not? You mean a first-round quarterback? Yeah. There aren't any good quarterbacks in this draft. I mean, not any nailed-on top-flight guys, not even Pickett. I don't think any of them are nailed-on top-flight, but I think they might look at Mac Jones and say that's close enough, but if we can go up from 20 to 15 to get one, should we do that? No, I don't believe they're going to do that, nor do I think they should. I think they're going to get linemen in the first round, maybe the first several rounds. Mark Madden with us. Again, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It is the Madden Monday podcast. All right, Mark, Penguins-wise, uh, they just keep winning. They come back. They hold on after they blow leads and then come back after they blow leads. They're winning in all sorts of various ways. A lot of times they'll have leads that quake in the third period and teams will come back. But they always manage to overcome whatever bad period or bad stretch they have. Case in point, Sunday afternoon, they weren't great to start the game, but they Rallied late against the Jets, and Tristan Jari was fantastic in the shootout. 
Yeah, they kind of stole that one. Uh, you know, they scored two goals in nine seconds. Those are their only goals in regulation play. Adam Troy was great in the shootout. I think they shot wide once and hit him once. He made a good save on the second shot. I still question him in that um, situation, but, you know, they won. And uh, they're really loose defensively, though. I mean, they're making a lot of turnovers. They're making bad decisions at the blue lines. They're just not the same tight, systematic team they were, quite frankly, before you-know-who started playing again. And if you don't think there's a trickle-down, if you don't think there's some cause and effect there, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you when Evgeny Malkin gives up a shorthanded breakaway off a turnover two games in a row but yet Gino's not affecting anything. G ain't he great. I don't know what to tell you if you don't see what's going on. I don't know what to tell you if when they allow 40 shots or more in three of the seven games he's played and they hadn't done that all year up until his return, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to think of Tristan Jari or the conversation about him until the playoffs start. He's doing what he did before because he was a real good regular season goaltender before. Um, I just don't know how that is applicable to the first round of the playoffs or beyond. It's not. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I mean, we'll be wondering until that first series commences. I think the play in front of him is also something to watch. And to that end, Mark, like you say, they're getting a little loose defensively. Is that schematic? Is it like what you were talking about, what they're doing at the blue lines, more so than what they have talent-wise from the blue line back? Is that the greater area of concern? It's turnovers are the biggest area of concern during this loose period and uh, defensemen joining the rush haphazardly. Um, that game where Matheson had two goals and an assist. What what game was that, Tim? Refresh my memory. I want to say two that goals was, and assist was the Thursday night game at PPG before they went to uh, Columbus. Right, right. That was against Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, okay, Matheson had a great game. And then when they when they blew the lead and it was went from five to one to five to four, he joined the rush and got caught behind their net in the last couple of minutes. A defenseman joined the rush and got caught behind the net in a one goal game in the last couple of minutes because lately it's attack, 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 never managed scoring situation, never weigh risk and reward. We're the penguins and this is how we have to play. So how does Sullivan come into play then in adjudicating that, in, in talking about that shift in mentality? Where do we put that on Sullivan? I honestly, no, you don't put it on him. This is organic from the players. I don't know how he fixes it. It has to fix itself. What do you think of Crosby's hat trick against Columbus? I love that deflection down low for the, the goal with like, what was it, a couple seconds left in the first period? Yep. The, the way he does that so precisely in a crowd to get a goal like that, I just marvel at. I think he's played really well lately. What about the bank for the empty netter? Accident. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I know. He tried. He tried. He tried the long bank pass that would have come like over Russ's back shoulder, like you know, in other words, gone past him on the outside and come to his forehand on the inside, right? Yeah. But uh, but he mishit it and it went in the net. Is there anything they should be coveting as far as acquisition, either at the trade deadline or before, aside from backup goaltending? Is there something else out there that they need? Or to your greater point, is it more about operating smarter with what they got? Yes, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) They need to get Aaron Rodgers. No, uh, I mean, I would like to have a better uh, number six defenseman, a better, you know, bottom pair right-sided guy than Ruedel. But that said, he's played really well. 
And if you got a guy to replace Ruido, he'd be a guy like Ruido, only better. Because you're not going to go get a big bruise. You're going to get a guy who can move the puck and play with some speed because that's what they want, and rightly so, from all their defensemen, from all their players, really. But I just, I'm just i more comfortable with Ruido as the number seven because I think you need a better number seven than what they've got. What if they got Carr Wilson? Would that give you enough ammunition, or is it just Aaron Rodgers? What, Carr Wilson with the Beach Boys? <laughs> He's dead, Tim. He ain't coming. <laughs> I think Carr might give you some ammunition. I think he can be a little passive-aggressive and, you know, take little jabs in the media that set himself up like Ben did for a while. Well, God only knows where they'd be without him. Get it? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, depends on the price. I mean, you'd have to trade for both. Neither is a free agent, right? Uh, neither is a free agent. Carr is a free agent after this year. So I don't think, like, I was seeing s- suggestions that, like, Indy was thinking about trying to get him to displace Wentz for a, for a two. Okay, I'll play along, all right? Okay. If I could pick any of the quarterbacks, you know, the old-timey guys, the established guys, I'd want, I'd want Carr. Because he's only 30? Yeah, and he, I just like the way he plays. I don't think he's an egomaniac. I don't think he's in any way used up. I think it probably costs the least to get. That's who I would want. Yeah, because, and the other thing about this, Mark, and I'll sort of wrap up with this thought, because it, it, it jockeys back and forth all the time with all the talk about what they should do a quarterback is. He can move a little bit. Like, he doesn't run a ton, but he moves to throw and throws on the move pretty well. This whole theory about Matt Canada's offense needs a guy who can move a little bit. They don't have that in Rudolph and Haskins. Like, those guys move a little bit better than Ben, but that's not going to equate to, well, Canada's theory on offense is unleashed. They'd have to be dead or have their legs chained together to not. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you know why I'll say like Carr? Because you wouldn't have to super serve his every whim. If you bring in Wilson or Rodgers, they run the offense, Period. And I know Rodgers thinks he'd have this great relationship with Mike Tomlin, and he might, because I think Tomlin would let Rodgers walk all over him. Yeah, I think there's no, I think there's a lot of truth to that, and um, I don't know what would happen. Maybe it'd be one of the blessings that could come with like Rodgers or Wilson might be you don't have to deal with Canada as the offensive coordinator anymore. I'm not sure how much they dealt with him this year. What do you think about Butler being out? Ah, semantics. I mean, he was Tomlin was coordinating the defense anyway. You think that'll continue with Austin if it's him? Yeah, he's cheap, but he's already there. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of the pattern, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of what I assume too. Um, I mean, unless you know, I, I know he is tight with Austin. Unless he like kind of wants to throw it out there that Austin is doing everything on his own, you know, and wants to promote him as a head coach. But then again, that's never been Tomlin's style, really. He's always had assistants to be assistants and nothing else beyond. So I can't see that I being the case. I think their hiring and retention of coaches, or lack thereof, is comical. They do it on the cheap. And, and honestly, I don't think they think it's that important who the coordinators are. Because Mike Tomlin, Tim, I don't know if you knew this, he's never had a losing season. Yeah. And I don't know how long they're going to try to hang their hat on that, but they keep doing it. Uh, Mark, also, thank you for the recommendation. I'm now a season into succession. I'm through the wedding episode, and I'm hooked for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the run. Well, yeah, I'm midway through the Ray Donovan movie. Oh, how's that? Uh, I, I, it's okay. It's it's like more of the same, and that's not bad. But the last season of Ray Donovan was no box of chocolates. Um, I am also watching The Righteous Gemstones, which is fabulous. John Goodman is a is a extremely oh, wealthy oh, yeah. TV preacher. Yep, yep, okay. And he has three kids, one of whom is Danny McBride. 
And is Danny McBride still Danny McBride? Is he still Kenny Powers? He still plays himself in every role, yes. <laughs> yes, and, uh, and, and, and this year, uh, oh boy, I forget, I forget who's playing, but they introduced a new character. It turns out that John Goodman was a wrestler in Memphis as a youth. And also a uh, a debt collector, like a thug, like Rocky Balboa in the first Rocky. Oh, okay, all right. So, and his old his friend who comes in, God, if you said his name, I could see who it is. But it's a guy who looks like Walton Goggins, but it's not Walton Goggins, which is funny because Walton Goggins is a character in the show too. But he hasn't. Uh, I haven't seen his character this year. Maybe he's been written out, uh, Reverend Baby Billy. But uh, but yeah, but 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 you know. It's amazing that we're in an era where fewer people than ever watch wrestling, and yet it permeates so many other genres of entertainment. Like, Cobra Kai is booked exactly like a wrestling promotion. Exactly like a wrestling promotion. You have heel turns, babyface turns, loser leaves time, stipulation matches, and now you've got this wrestling influence in the Righteous Gemstones. The, the character that came from uh, John Goodman's past who used to wrestle, this is a great line. He said, you know... Religion's a lot like wrestling. You got your you got your gimmick, you got your mic work, and you never ever break kayfabe. Mark Madden, you can read him at Trip Live with me four times a week. Also listen to him Monday through Friday on 1059 The X. He'll be back with us next week here in the Pittsburgh City Cast as well, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. Spreads already up for the AFC and NFC Championship games. Get in early if you like. Check them out. They're available to you right now. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.